Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Dave Kovar, and today's title is Why Martial Arts? And this is actually one of my favorite subjects to talk about. So really today what I want to do is I want to discuss all the benefits of martial arts. And from my opinion and my perception and experience and, and my interaction with other people and why I think everybody should do it. I'm a little biased to be to be sure, but uh, maybe after you listen to this podcast, if you're not training, you'll go get started. All right. So to begin with, let, let me give you a little history. So uh, I was born in 1959 and, and in the mid 60s, uh, my family and I, we were living in Montana and I saw a silhouette of a guy doing a flying sidekick and I didn't know what it was but I knew that's what I wanted to do it's I, I didn't really find martial arts martial arts found me I really don't know how to describe it except I just knew man whatever that was that's what I wanted to do and and what happened was is I, I actually started wrestling in seventh grade because there was not martial arts available and my parents weren't interested in having me do that that was in 1971 and my older brother fortunately Tim went away to college and I think in 1972, and he studied a year of martial arts training at Rocky Mountain College in, in Montana and came back and said, Mom, Dad, you got to let Dave get doing with it, get started with this. And so in September of 1973, I started my training at an American Kempo school with a gentleman named Hanchi Bruce Jutnik, which I, who I still have a relate, great relationship with. And it's been a great journey. And uh, so fortunately for my instructor, he's a very open-minded guy that we were cross-training back way before cross-training was popular. So I was exposed to a lot of other arts. I started actually uh, um, Japanese jiu-jitsu just a couple months after I started my American Kempo and uh, Filipino weaponry, I think in 74, 75 under Angel Cabalas and and then uh, other things as they came along, right? Uh, but what, what, what happened was is in high school, of course, I lived at the martial arts school like so many other people. I would take the bus or ride my bike, depending on the time of year, uh, uh, to, to the, the, the martial arts school. And I would stay there. I'd basically get there at 3, 3.30, and my dad would pick me up, or I'd ride my bike home about 9 o'clock. And that was my whole high school life, right? And uh, I was also teaching uh, at, at a very young age. I'll never forget. It was probably uh, summer of 1974. It was a Saturday afternoon and I was hanging out at the, the dojo like I always was. And a few guys were in the lobby. And at the time, this uh, uh, the school had a private lesson method, which means that everybody in the school got a private lesson on a regular basis. That's how the training went. And uh, uh, what happened was, is, is Hanchi Jutnik was... Um, picked up the phone and what do you know he I heard him say what do you mean you can't make it who's going to cover classes and while he's on the phone I, I saw him look around uh, uh, the lobby and and look at me and I could read his mind he was saying uh, Dave no Dave's too young he can't teach and then he looked around and realized there's nobody else he hung up the phone and he asked me hey Dave, uh, what are you doing? Can you teach a private lesson? And thus I taught my first private lesson. And, and back, the, back in the day, there wasn't really any kids. So I was 14, 15 years old. And I remember teaching some 35 year old guy his first lesson. And, uh, I did everything wrong, right? Uh, but somehow it was sparked me. And I think it was something that like, man, this is cool. I want to do this. I'd never really thought about teaching before that. And so through high school, I continued to work for, uh, um, uh, Hunchy Bruce and, uh, and right about six months after high school, there was a gentleman named Art Smith and and uh, and Greg Miller and they'd open up a school. Uh, they were they were uh, classmates of mine and they'd open up a school in North Highlands, California, about a half hour from where uh, Bruce Jutnik's school was. And and uh, they'd been open for about a year and they decided this wasn't for them. And uh, uh, and so anyway, Bruce intervened. And next thing you know, I stepped in. He said, "Are you interested in this?" And I talked to my parents. Parents and. Uh, they loaned me some money. I got a savings secured loan from my parents and I stepped in and I 
took over my first martial arts school, and that was 40 years ago, November of 1978, and I've never looked back. And, and I share this story with you, and, and I promise to get to the why martial arts is just uh, just kind of as a little background. And, and so initially, back then, man, you know, I, I had uh, uh, no idea what I was doing. I only half know what I'm doing now. I'm, I'm just simply, I've still got a lot to learn, but uh, but I know more than I did. And, and so my initial training in martial arts, I'll never forget one story, and this is, uh, I had this gal who, uh, uh, trained with me. Her name is Shanti Godi, and she was nine or 10 years old. She trained with me for about a year. And uh, about uh, 10 or 15 years later, uh, her dad called out of the blue and said, hey, this is Fred Godi. I don't know if you remember me. And, and I remember him. And I said, yeah, your daughter Shanti trained with me. And he goes, yeah, you know, I just want to let you know. By the way, he had the reason why he's calling, he'd moved to another state and he had a, a young son that he wanted to get involved in martial arts. And, and I, could I recommend anybody to him? And, you know, I did my best to recommend somebody. But then he said, you know, I just got to share with you that that year that Shanti spent with you was the most impactful year of her life and not because of the martial arts she learned. Um, it was really the life skills. I even think he used the word life skills, right? The life skills that she learned were, you know, amazing. And I, I hung up the phone. I was very appreciative. And then I got to thinking. Back in 1978, 79, 80, I didn't teach any life skills at all. I mean, it was just bow on the mat, hit, kick, punch, palm strike, etc. And I taught kids the same as I taught adults. There was no variation in curriculum. But still somehow, Shante benefited from this program. And it really got me thinking and it really solidified my quest. Of course, by this time, I'd been in business a long time and I'd have other proof of the benefits of martial arts. But this was, it was, uh, this was like, to me, just really solidified. Wow, I'm blessed to do this. And if I do my job right, Right. If I if Shanti got all these these benefits when we weren't really trying to have her have any other benefits besides self defense, imagine what happens if we do our job right. Now the impact it's going to have on people going forward. So fast forward a little bit. So um, in the mid in the mid eighties, I, I was struggling to keep my school open, and uh, I had uh, the only kids. I had a kids class Mondays and Wednesdays at five o'clock. All the rest of the classes were adults, and uh, um, and all of a sudden a movie called Karate Kid came out, and overnight everything changed. And I remember at the time I was painting houses by day and teaching in the evening, and then I would I would uh, go home, take a shower, get the paint out of my fingernails, and I would. Uh, I'd drive to the school and I'd get there. My first class was at four o'clock and I'd get there like a quarter to four. And uh, what do you know? There'd be sometimes there would be a line of parents waiting to enroll their kids at the school. It was just a, a really an amazing age, right? And in and, and, uh, October of 1987, two significant things happened for me. Number one, I got married. And number two, my older brother, Tim, became my business partner that very same month. And we just blew up. Uh, I just business just exploded. We we couldn't even process the number of students uh, that we were barely could process. I should say that we were enrolling, and it was the perfect storm. You know, we were a pretty good team. He was pretty solid on the front end, and I was a pretty good instructor. And we just kind of it clicked pretty well. And it was the the perfect time, the perfect location. Uh, you know, it, it it was pretty it was pretty cool. As a matter of fact, in 1992. Uh, before we start expanding to multiple locations, we actually had, uh, we moved to our, what's currently our headquarters school. We had 903 members in one location. And, and back in the day, that was, uh, it's still a big school, super big school to this day, but back then it was unheard of. And, uh, the, the challenge was, is we, we enrolled something like 567 members that year, but we probably lost 540. We, in other words, we was just a revolving, revolving door because we really had not yet, uh, you know, figured out really how to do our best to keep 
keep uh, students. And by the way, it's still a great time to be in martial arts. The only difference is to now it's more of a retention game. And it's really more one of those things where you, we got to go out of our way to really service our, our students to the best of our abilities, which brings me back to the subject at hand, which is why martial arts. And so what I wanted to share with you is, is first and foremost, if you think of any challenge that's facing a child uh, you know, in the, in the modern world, things that pop into your head would be, let's just say, bullying. Is Does bullying happen? Heck yeah, it happens. Now, do we address that as martial arts instructors? So absolutely. So here's what's interesting. Because martial arts teaches potentially violent techniques, it really obligates a good instructor to swing the pendulum to the other side to teach the importance of self-discipline and courtesy and self-control. Because what we're teaching is, is, is violence. And, and so because of that, sometimes martial arts students, not even sometimes, the majority of the time, they'll hear stuff. They'll learn stuff from their martial arts instructor uh, about self-control and courtesy and respect that they're not hearing from other people, maybe from their parents. And, and, but because they look up to this martial arts instructor, they hear it differently. They really sinks, you know, it really, it really comes home for them. And so it puts us martial arts instructors in a very, very important position. And we, I don't think we should take our job lightly. And, and that's why it's so important to really think about all the things we do. So first and foremost, uh, even if a martial arts school does not teach a specific anti-bullying strategy, which most do, just the nature of martial arts makes kids less likely to be bullied. And I'll tell you why. So it doesn't matter. A predator a predator might be a kindergarten predator or a 26-year-old in the back alley brawl, right? A predator is looking for prey. They're they're looking for someone to get over on them. They're not going, gee, let me find the biggest, strongest, most confident person in the room and let me go approach them. No, they're looking for someone that's a victim. And if you're, uh, regardless of your age, if you're unsure of yourself, okay, if you're not, if you lack confidence, uh, the chances are very good you're projecting signals. Imagine everybody has a radio frequency that's tuned in. And if your signal is projecting saying, I'm weak, I'm a victim, I'm an easy mark, the predator has is tuning into his radio frequency looking for that. And boom, what do you know? There's a match. However, if you project Project confidence, okay, and you're paying attention, uh, then what happens? It doesn't guarantee you're never going to get approached, of course. But what happens is the average predator does not have an alternative plan. They have an alternative victim, which means if they, the chances are, you know, our child, the child that grows up in a martial arts school, they're going to project more confidence and the predator, the bully is just not going to look their way, as likely to not going to look their way. Okay, and secondly, of course, one of the most important things that, that we teach in martial arts is a polite greeting, teaching someone to look them in the eye and shake somebody's hand, right? And what that does, this is, I think, one of the most important physical moves we can teach because what happens when I look somebody and shake their hand, what I'm saying is, hey, I'm courteous, I'm polite, I'm a nice person, but I'm also confident and sure of myself, so don't mess with me. That's what's happening in that split second. All right, so that would be a good starter, you know, of, of if, if someone's being bullied, we address that. Now, by second, the next level is, is of course, the next thing we address legitimate self-defense, regardless of the age, right? It's it's the one thing about being able to be confident. It's another thing of being, being confronted and realizing you might have to defend yourself. And in the back of your mind, if you don't know anything, that's going to mess with you a little bit. You're going to think to yourself, oh, my goodness, if this guy comes at me, what am I going to do? Now, if you've trained in martial arts, that doesn't mean you're not going to be afraid. You're still going to be afraid. I've been trained my whole life, and I'm still going to be concerned if I'm confronted by somebody. But in the back of my head, instead of thinking, what am I going to do? I'm thinking if that guy takes one step further, then I'm going to rip his friggin' head off. I'm ready. And when you project that level of confidence, we call it practice the fight so you don't have to. What happens is you're way less likely 
that person's more likely to back down because of that mindset. On top of that, if you are grabbed, then you've actually got some motor skills that are functional. Um, and, and so that those are obvious reasons for martial arts, but certainly important, right? So that would be one example. Let's think of other challenges that are facing youth in America. Uh, things that will come up are low confidence. Um, and by the way, does, is, is martial arts the only thing that will teach confidence? Of course not. So many things can teach confidence, right? But martial arts certainly can, right? Uh, one of the things that I think is important, I want you to imagine if we do our job right, and this, this qualifies not just for martial arts but anything, there's what we call a confidence spiral. And I want in your head, I want you to visualize a spiral where it's getting smaller, like a whirlpool, right? And on one word, uh, uh, what, what you're seeing is the word uh, uh, low confidence. On the other side, I want you to see the word failure. And I want you to think about how those two words relate. When you fail at something, what does that do to your confidence level? It decreases. If your confidence level decreases, are you more or less likely to fail? You're more likely to fail. So what happens is, is you can see how those work together. So we see that in, in athletics all the time when, a, when, a, when an athlete's going through a slump. Now, the flip side is true also. If I'm successful at something, what does that do to my confidence level? It improves it. And if my confidence level improves, I'm more likely to be successful. So the key is, as more arts instructors, and for that matter, anything, if you want to help somebody, especially a child develop confidence, it's important that initially you set them up for success, right? So they have small little successes that they can build upon. And they're, they're not, you know, they're going to fail. The board's not always going to break. They're going to lose a match. They're going to fall down. All this stuff's going to happen. But initially, we want them to experience confidence. So their identity is kind of locked in that, right? A little bit more as they're going. Um, so well, let's say a, a child lacks focus, Man, nothing better than martial arts. You know, just by teaching a child to stand straight and tall and still, we teach them to focus. And and if you're a martial arts instructor out there listening, uh, you've how many times have you had a parent come up and say, "Oh my goodness, my child's doing so much better at school. He's able to focus. Thank you so much." I've heard that, I, I you know, hundreds of times. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. So I know it to be true, right? And so that would be another application. What about somebody uh, maybe that's a little bit overconfident? Maybe somebody that's maybe has bullyish predator uh, tendencies. Well. I've only had one time in all my years where I've actually had someone um, that, that I had to discuss one of my students that was misusing and, 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 and his, you know, was bull- basically bullying somebody with his martial arts skills. In virtually every case, what it does, it gives, you know, that person that has maybe predator instincts kind of a, first off, it keeps them humble because they realize how many tough guys there are out there, okay? But it also gives them a, a chance to embrace their shadow, to kind of face that, to blow off some steam. And, um, and then, of course, they've got role models that the bully looks up to. They Bully looks up to that martial artist that can jump spinning back kick and punch really hard and do a flying arm bar. Man, they, they look up to that. They want that. So they're emulating someone that in most cases is going to turn right around and say, hey, man, be nice to your sister, clean your room, help little old ladies across the street, uh, you know, don't pick on people. And so they hear that. Their role models are all of a sudden now positive and they're influencing them, you know, one of the, you know, in a positive way. One of the things that we really try to stress is the importance of how strength and kindness are related. And the strongest people, and I know know this to be true and chances are you do too the strongest most confident people i know are also the kindest people i know in almost every case right and you know if you are there's a difference between someone that's gentle and someone that's that's helpless right what i mean by that is that you know if you're helpless if you can't defend yourself right then you have no choice you you, you're you know you're at the whims of whatever your 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 area is however you can be very confident and be gentle, meaning I could defend myself. I could step it up, but I don't have to. And, and that's, that, that's such an important aspect. And that's why it's kind of like walk softly, but carry a big stick. I remember in Schindler's list when uh, Schindler's sitting down with a commandant of the, of the, uh, 
the concentration camp that's killing all uh, the people in the camp. And he says something, the guy's talking about true power. And Schindler says, no, true power is the ability to kill people and not do it, right? And that, and so to a certain, I'm getting off track a little bit, but you get the idea. So, you know, martial arts, being able to kick and punch and strike and uh, and defend yourself and others, bang, man. And then only using it when you need to and avoiding confrontation and avoiding violence, that's true power, right? That's true power. And that's something that martial arts allows somebody to do. Okay, so we're moving on the list. You think of the list. You think of, of kids uh, these days, and not just kids, but a lot of adults as well. But I'm going to get to adults in a minute. Um, you know, their, their, their inability to be able to perform physical movement like they once would, like, like they should, because they spend so much time on computers, right? And I, I, I'm going to tell a back in the day story, but it really is true. My generation, back in the day, we got home from school, we hopped on our bikes, and we didn't come home till dinner, right? That's just what we did. And uh, and and if you talk to uh, a, a, a pediatrician that's that's getting ready to retire, that's been in business a really long time, it's practicing a little bit long time, he'll tell you that the kids these days are a little bit different than they were 30, 40 years ago, right? Uh, because their bodies haven't developed correctly. They're getting all these injuries that are kind of freak accidents. Because remember, a kid's body is designed to jump and crawl and roll and fall and climb. And that's what we do when we're doing martial arts. It's the perfect exercise. It's it's right side, it's left side, it's upper body, it's lower body, it's strength, flexibility, endurance, uh, rotational movement, lateral movement, circular movement. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And there's the reason why so many professional athletes will cross-train in martial arts in the off-season because of this very reason, right? So from a from a, 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 a addressing just somebody's body, their 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 body developing correctly, nothing better than martial arts. And, you know, if you want your child to be better at, at, at other sports, hey, man, martial arts in the off-season, man, it will help. I remember one, I had a, 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 a gal that I taught. I still have a relationship with her 30 years later. I still communicate with her upon occasion. Her name was Monica Stratton. Monica, if you're out there, hello. And Monica was uh, uh, in, in high school. Uh, she was one of the premier golfers in the nation. And I believe she was like the number one golfer in, 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 in the the state of California her senior year. And I, I, my memory says it was for guys and girls. She was just a phenom. She ended up playing in the LPGA for several years, and now she's a golf pro somewhere, right? But uh, her mom never really wanted her to do martial arts, but Monica really wanted to do it. Her mom wanted her to focus all her, her effort on golfing because her, her mom and dad had her pegged to be a pro golfer by the time she was about 10 years old. And so Monica really wanted to do this. They finally begrudgingly did it. And I'll never forget uh, after her six months was up and she was a re-enroll, her mom came down and she wrote out her checkbook and she said, here you go. Here's another six months membership. I want to let you know, well, I don't like it, but her golfing is actually getting better. She was sarcastic. She was happy to be there. But And, and how many times have I heard that? So another reason for martial arts is for athletic enhancement, okay? Uh, so let's think about other things. You know, positive role models, right? And I kind of already touched on it a lot, but so many people these days need kind of role models to look up to. And in so many cases, a martial arts instructor really fits that bill. Right. Um, I touched on this one, too, but respect and courtesy. Right. Because the nature of what we're doing teaches kids to be potentially violent. It really swings the pendulum. It forces us to really uh, address the other side. Now, those were all just for youth. And of course, a lot of those transfer over to adults as well. 
the concept of, you know, the bullying doesn't happen. It doesn't quit happening when you're 18. They go on throughout life, right? And projecting confidence regardless of the age is going to minimize bullying or that predator attacking you, right? They actually did a, 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 they did a study I heard one time. Uh, uh, they took 100 convicted felons from a New York State penitentiary and they had them walk up and down a street in New York City. And they said, okay, Mr. Bad Guy, who would you attack? And ironically, a lot of these guys would pick the same person over and over. And it wasn't just little old ladies. And when these guys, when these predators were asked, hey, why'd you pick that person? It didn't have to do with size or strength necessarily. It had to do with, they said two things, awareness and confidence. Okay. So our ability to be able to project confidence and be aware of our surroundings dramatically decreases the odds of us getting attacked in the first place. So that goes with all, with people of all ages. The other thing that we give, uh, you know, our, our, uh, adult students. We give them, in a lot of cases, their youth back. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've had some uh, guy come in that's 38 years old that maybe played football in high school and, and, and got out of college and got a job and a career and stress and didn't eat right. And next thing you know, here he is, man. He get back from the doctor saying he's got high blood pressure and he's pre-diabetic and he needs to get in shape. And man, we give that guy you know, his youth back, right? In, in a healthy way, we allow him you know, to kind of to get back on track. How many times have we had a lady who put herself first and, and put herself at the back of the bus, so to speak? She put her family first and, and you know, and, and all of a sudden she found herself kind of lost her confidence, right? She's not happy with her, you know, herself uh, and she wants to try something new that we've been able to get that person in and give them their, give them their youth back, give them their identity. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that as well. The other thing is, is that uh, martial arts is like a mini vacation, right? You know, so if someone trains two or three days a week, man, they got a lot of their mind. When they come down to train in martial arts class, regardless of the art, uh, what happens is you have to be present focused. Now, I'm an avid fitness buff. I, I do a lot of things. You name it, I do it. I hike, I run, I I cycle, I weight train, I, I swim. I, I, I do a lot of cross training. I do a lot of, and I enjoy it all. Martial arts is always my core. But I share this with you because a lot of that stuff, when I'm doing it, I can't actually be thinking about something else. When I'm on a bike ride, my mind can wander. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying anything wrong with it, but I can be thinking about work challenges and whatnot. But man, when you're doing martial arts, when someone's throwing punches at you or trying to choke you, it involves you, man, to be totally committed to the moment. And 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 because of that, it allows you to release all the other stuff that goes along with it. And uh and so it's it's like a, it's amazing how many times I've seen a student come in stressed out and they leave an hour later a whole different person. And so uh, I think the, the moral of the story here when it comes to why martial arts is, is once again, I think everybody should do it some kind. Now, what style? Uh, you know, there's there. This is the big controversy. Now, I personally tend to be uh, yeah, a multi-style guy, and that's good news and bad news. What that means is I have black belt in multiple styles, and um, what that means is that I have a pretty broad base, uh, which is good. The downside is if because I haven't studied one thing only my whole life, my my I'm not maybe not strong in any one particular area, but it served me well. But here here's the moral: of this is my perspective is is that there really is no best style. It's really about what you're doing. And I know that sounds cliche, but it really is because I'll have people say, well, what's the best style? You've trained a lot of styles. Well, it all depends on what you're going to do. You know, if you've got uh, six weeks until you've got to uh, be ready for battle, uh, you know, and that's all you got to prepare, then Krav 
Maga might be what you want to do, right? If you want to be competitive and and uh, and, and get doing something that's going to get you in really good shape that can be functional in self-defense, but there's a high level of camaraderie and and gives you a great workout, it might be Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, right? Uh, you know, it, the, the list goes on and on. You know, if you want to to really understand, you know, how to really uh, be present focused in, in the moment and really be able to like learn how to address all your energy, then you might use some traditional art where you're learning how to do kata at a high level. And so the list goes on and on. So the bottom line is that what's important, I think, for us to understand is that the majority of us are not going to die in a knife fight. The majority of us are going to, uh, we're going to have issues with our, you know, uh, you know, high blood pressure, you know, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, those are the things that are going to get us. And so if you want to talk about true, true self-defense, then you got to look beyond what style teaches the best self-defense, right? Uh, and you got to look at like, you got to, you got to really treat your, your, your body correct. That's why my philosophy is, my, the way I look at martial arts is health, fitness, martial arts, meaning part of my martial arts training in my mind is, is, uh, Eating right, exercising, managing stress well, sleeping well. Those are, that's super important, right? And we've talked about that in other podcasts. Okay. And that's step. Okay. That, you know, that, that's super important. And, and then, you know, then the fitness part, then the martial arts follows. And so it's really, well, the best martial art is the one that you love and the one that you will practice. Uh, and, and, and so if you are training, uh, you know, hopefully you found this as valuable as a reminder of all the benefits of martial arts training. And if you're not currently training, man, I strongly encourage you to, to get out there. And what are you looking for in a martial arts school? Man, you show up, watch a few classes you're looking for where the vibe is good. You feel comfortable. Uh, there are people that may be sweaty and working hard, but they're having a good time for the most part. And, uh, I hope you found this beneficial. Uh, uh, and I tell you what, I think with that, I am going to sign off. Thanks for spending. If you're still here. I appreciate you being here this whole time. Take care.